Welcome to another episode of Forgot My Transmitter. Today's episode is with Jake from Kansas. This is part two of my chat with Jake. We chatted about some damages he had, as well as lots of good advice from his 10 years of locating. So let's get started. But more importantly, you know, gives you those perks, like the company truck, you know, stuff like that. You know, I take advantage of that stuff that's offered. I get per diem, you know, company truck. I don't hot rod the truck. I realize that I'm driving around in a moving billboard. Yeah. I don't disgrace the company because I find locators, the one thing they do probably quicker than get a damage is disgrace the company by hot rodding around in the truck, passing vehicles, speeding. You know, that's the easiest way to get a bad name before you even step into a backyard. You know, you got you to understand who you represent is not just what you do in your job, but you represent them when you get behind the wheel. Yeah, and like you know. if you get a complaint, whether it's your fault or not, it's still on your record that a complaint oh, yeah. was filed. Exactly. A what is that company called? Those a not a write up, but a disciplinary action. Yeah. You know that falls on you. I mean, and that's why I I'm a firm believer. I don't drink. I don't do drugs because. I haven't been pulled over since I was 19, but not everybody else around me that drives is the best driver or they could be having a bad day. They forget to see a stop sign. You know, that one screw up on somebody else's random drug test. You get drug tested. You yep. know, hey, I may have spoke pot last weekend, but I wasn't under the influence, but somebody hit me, drug test, lose your job. Yeah. You know, that's why I see a lot of these guys go out. You know, I, I don't, I don't really judge them or anything, but I kind of look at the consequences of what looks like an innocent action. How it affect me next week if something bad or a one in a million thing happens? You know, yeah. that's why I, I'm always thinking a mile ahead on consequences of everything I do, not just locating but off-the-clock stuff, you know, just how it affects my job is the biggest thing. Do you want to talk about damages at all? Do you have a few damage stories you'd like to share? I would say I I actually had a screw-up in the last couple months. Okay. I will say I've had, with this company, no at-fault damages. All of them have been overlooking and clearing tickets. I have never had a damage where I've had marks on the ground. Okay. That is, you know, it's kind of a a good and a bad. Well, not a good and a bad, but how I kind of been like, see, uh, you know, I know that I'm a great locator because I've had a couple damages, but they've been, one of them was when I was located for the comm line, our, our print app that we utilize has this button. If you push it, it'll actually the map will turn in the direction you're facing. So oh, let's nice. say I'm facing north, you point, you hit it, it'll turn in the direction. Well, I accidentally hit that pulling up to a ticket. Didn't know it. So the prints were on the other side of the road where I was looking, hoping, you know, the locator was on the opposite side. Yeah. The local power company was replacing a pole. On one side of the road, it was aerial. One side of the road, it was buried 25 pair. Yeah. So I actually hit the button, it flips them around. So, oh, this is an aerial spot. 
Granted, I should have got out and verified it, but, you know, I didn't. And when they augured for the new pole, drilled right through a 25 pair. Wow. Same thing up same thing up here with the exception of the pushing the button. It was a 45-ticket project for that fast-paced subcontractor I was telling you about. The only difference was there wasn't rear buried or any structures. It was all rear easement with about 15 to 25 pole dips. So it was all buried service from the pole. Yep. I looked at the prints. Prints showed it was aerial. I even went back there. But I didn't walk the entire easement. Lo and behold, the prints were wrong. Yeah, It actually had a buried service feed. I don't know if you've encountered... You ever seen those green boxes that are at the bottom of the conduit for power? No, it's a little different here. Cool. Well, here, if they have the green boxes, all you do is look up how many wires are coming out of the conduit, feeding your transformer at the pole. That's how many services it's got. Okay. Well, on the prints, it didn't show that. So I walked part of the easement because the other half was, you know, had a fence line and whatnot. So I kind of did that little pump the eye over the fence. And saw a pole, but there was a shrub there blocking the green box. So I was like, oh, aerial too. That was yeah. the only spot in that entire easement. It fed the house, and then it ran parallel to another house straight across the easement. Augered, or they bored, bored right through it. Oh, Luckily, no. it didn't hit the other service line, but it obviously hit the other one. Yeah. So that was just me not fully verifying it, but only seeing part of it. Yeah. And other than that, that was my most, actually my only damage. Because the last, I, I did about two and a half, three years, and I had one at fault damage when I was locating, when I relocated because of the stupidity on hitting that button. And I had one, actually, I should say I had one, what would have been a damage, it was a fiber line that got cut. And actually, when I showed up, the emergency, because I got it within the two hours, the contractors had already bored the new conduit right in the same spot. Oh. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, I hadn't even done my damage investigation. You guys have already bored the new conduit. But luckily, it was a direct buried line that they hit. So all they did was they buried a conduit, but the they just bored straight in the same spot to where I pulled up my pictures and did my CDI in the same hole that they potholed and hit it in to where there was no, all my marks were still, because it was they hit it cutting through asphalt. So it wasn't on dirt or anything. So all my marks on the asphalt were still present leading up to that. Yeah. To where I was just like, well, yeah, you hit it, but they tried to cover it up by running the new conduit thinking that would cover their mistakes. And, but no. Because another thing I pride myself on is POP or, you know, your POPs, proof, you know, your pictures. I yeah. am a, I think you give me a drop ticket for 10 feet. I guarantee you there'll be 30 pictures. Wow. I'm a, you know, each, each locate, I, I get every mark. I try to get every mark, but in the areas where the, where the line may go, you know, it go in an arch or it goes off of the straight path. Yeah. I make sure I try to incorporate some sort of landmark or something in the background to where if the marks or flag is destroyed, I've got that to go off of. Right. Yeah. So oh, that's 
the one thing I knew supervisor had to get used to was pictures, pictures, pictures. I mean, on a project, I take at least a thousand pictures easy because of the importance of them. If you got to utilize them to prove, you know, that you were right, they were wrong. I try to tell new hires or people that I come across, I'll be like, if you get designated to your area, you're not familiar with the area, figure out your spots where your self-service is sketchy. Yeah. Because when you, you can prepare yourself by, if you know you're going to a ticket where it's going to be hitting a self-service, pull up your prints, pull up your ticket, pull up all the information on the ticket, take a screenshot of it. Yeah. And basically put that in your photos file because you don't need service to open everything up. Therefore, if you are out of service, at least you have all of those reference to go off of. And then it, because our, our app, it's going to have self-service to open and stay open. And then I tell them to basically, did you have your regular camera app on your phone? You take pictures. If your our app isn't working or your service is down, then you manually upload them. Yeah. You know, it's a little stuff that I teach people that are supervisors, just stuff like that. They don't know about or whatever that saves a new hire from basically getting to an area and they see a ticket like, oh, my God, this could take me hours. And then they're like, God, I can't open up the app. I can't open up the prints because the, the, the app for the prints and the app for our A11s got to have self-service. Yeah. And, you know, then they get frustrated. Then they get upset. It just saves a lot of that mental stress that, you know, that everybody's encountered. You know, our, our app crashes five, six times a day. And that's don't care if you have good service or not. And the crappy thing about it is if it crashes and you've got to resort to uninstall, reinstall, all the photos are gone. It's saved in your phone under pictures, but when you have to reinstall the app, it starts all over in your gallery as far as the app gallery. Right. So I've found that my luck is if I'm doing a project that's going to take me two to three, maybe even four hours a lot of the times I wait before I close the ticket out because a lot of the times, sometimes I've got to manually upload a lot of photos. I give that, I give my phone and everything enough time to upload all of them because sometimes when the phone's still trying to upload photos, that's when the apps crash. Yeah. So if I know I've been on a project two, three hours, I take 10 to 15 minutes before I close the ticket out, just to ensure everything is uploaded. All the notes that I put in are correct and accurate because like when you're premium billing something, I created a way to give a very, very in-depth answers because when we do premium locates, our company wants us to give footage, crossings, hookup spots, and all that. What is a premium locate? Can you explain that? Oh, a premium locates any locates that takes longer than an hour. Okay. We, our billing process, we go into a different, you know, obviously higher billing. And we we do private locates. I See, I don't know the billing and how much it costs. I can only imagine it's about the same as we charge our hourly private locates. Yeah. But, you know, between me and you, a lot of the times when we offer private locates, 
I hate it because yeah. the customer is going to sign this piece of paper that pretty much guarantees, it, it pretty much says that I cannot guarantee what I have located is correct or accurate, but you owe us at least a minimum of one hour of work. Have you ever done witching? Yeah, I actually heard you talk to somebody about it. I have yeah. never done witching, and another thing I'm glad I never learned is power modes. I never oh, learned yeah. how to do that. I never learned how to do power modes. I've seen the old-timers witch. I know how to make witch sticks, but it's just like packing a chew because I chew Copenhagen. I cannot pack a chew can. I cannot give that loose grip. The same thing with holding the witch sticks. I cannot yeah. get that loose but firm grip to where when you cross something, you know, it crosses. I just, I never grasped that. They're like, that's the easiest part. I was just like, well, sometimes the easiest thing is I can't really grasp. But where I grew up, the old timers lived by it. They find yeah. water lines, all sorts of crap. I mean, I've seen an experienced locator find a fiber optic line, you know, you know, just, it's kind of a last resort. And I wouldn't even say a last resort because I wouldn't even keep it in your toolbox. I just look at it as a kind of a, you want to show somebody, hey, look at this sort of deal. Definitely wouldn't utilize it as a way of, <laughs> you know, locating. Yeah, that's right. When was the last time you forgot your transmitter? Oh, that was easy. Two weeks ago, I was hooked up, doing an update ticket, locating the primaries, the simple locate. Then immediately I scheduled that ticket because I had the 11 o'clock conference call. Located the line, took the pictures, closed out the ticket, went on the hour-long conference call, go 45 minutes to the next ticket, get out on the phone with my buddy, open up the tailgate, and, huh. and then, then you kind of have that foggy brain sort of, Oh, where the hell is this at? Then you got to kind of just think about, you know, slow your mind down. Like, oh, yeah, there's where it's at. Yeah. Then you got to remember how you got there. Yeah. You know, so troubleshoot, because I, I mean, I've got an associate's degree in IT telecommunications, so technology, I'm very, you know, savvy. So Richard's, I'm on the phone, my buddy Richard's like, well, you closed out your ticket because the cool thing about our app is our, our tickets we open up. They show up on our bucket in different colors because obviously <laughs> the yellow means due tomorrow, orange due today, red's past due. But when you open the ticket up, you click on it, a little side thing pops up to where if you click on that, it gives you directions via Google Maps on how to get there. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool deal. So I was just like, Richard's like, wow, you closed out the ticket. You drove on a pretty good clip on the interstate for about 20 minutes. He's like, how the heck are you going to get back? Do you remember? And I was just like, huh, that's a problem in itself. So I was just like, oh, no, yeah. Pull up Google Maps, look at my timeline, retrace, retrace my steps. Go yeah. back there. There's a schnitzel, freaking sitting on the transmitter, still hooked up, still beeping. Uh, you know, the only thing I had to worry about was the sprinkler system timer not being on at any yeah. point, you know. Sometimes we have to call dispatch to ask them to look up our, our GPS where we were. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so what it what all because I, I I overheard you talking about you talked to an individual about, you know, specific types of equipment, B locks, 
Dynatel, RDs. I've actually got my own personal locator that I utilize. You know, it's kind of a backup. I've got an RD locator of my own. And yep. I also, our company utilizes the V-Lock, V-Maxes, twos. And, but I will always love Dynatels. I don't know why. They're ugly as sin. Yeah. But they're just so simple. They're a little box. You put a little lead into them. You know, you can put your tools in the box. You know, it's got the strap. You know, carry like a book bag. And the thing I liked about it is I stuck my paint stick through the gap in the handle right. to where I could flip my paint stick and my locator over my shoulder and put the box on the other shoulder. Right. So I had everything I needed, you know. And then I started with this one. It's got its own little bag. But I also, you know, got the locator and the paint stick, you know. But Dynatel, I love the Dynatel. I don't know why. Is just something about utilizing that 577. That's kind of my security blanket, you know. Oh, just 577 hertz? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the isolation frequency that was programmed in our Dynatels. The V-Locks come with a 512. Because I noticed you said when you started out locating, you used to clamp and then also direct connect just to verify. What do you clamp? What was your frequency when you clamped? goes down to eight you use eight i i live by nine eight two yeah nine eight two for clamping and then direct connect let's say communication lines depending on if it's a main line that goes for miles they use i use eight but you know then if not i use my 512 577 for the comm lines but locating the power direct connect the transformer j box i always use eight yeah. And haven't really failed me yet. What other frequencies did the Dynatel offer? Dynatel, I mean, they offer, see, the Dynatels, they were just straight numbers. 8, 32, 67, 200, 577, and there's this other one, I can't remember. And one. That was the ones. The v you've got your 982. 8.19, 32.32, and 5.12. And when I located comm lines, I sometimes incorporated one also. Yeah. The RDs, I'm not, I don't know why I don't like them. I huh. like the fact that they've got a splice finder on them, but there's just, I don't know, just something about them that I just, that's why it's my backup, you know. Yeah. Uh, what was that brand that you said you live by? You told somebody, the guy you were talking to, that was from South Carolina, I think. It was a guy that closed with telling you about the new hire that jumped over the fence and got bit by the dog oh, towards right. the end of your conversation. Yeah. And then you were talking about brands. And I, for the life of me, you told the brand you live by. I've never heard of that. What was it again? I, I used to have a Fisher box. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, what is that? It's a split box where it's just a straight one frequency, and so it's a, like a lunch box. So one one half is the re- the transmitter, and the other half is the receiver. So you just you just it's swing like swing it back. Then, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's very simple. It's just eighty two kilohertz, and it's it's mm-hmm. or it can induce. It can also do sweeps. It has its own own rig, like a bar 
where it puts the transmitter behind you on this bar and the receiver's on the front, three feet in front of you on this bar, so you can actually do full sweeps independently. Yeah, that's what you were talking about. It sounds like a very intelligent piece of equipment. Yeah, it's one of the original locate equipment, but it's it's just limited because it's only on one frequency. Well, my next question is, what other resources that you have in your toolbox have you ever used to direct connect to something? Because I've got, I've got one that it'll baffle you. Like, I've seen people with their clamps often around conduit, they tie flag stems together, you know. Right. But you got, you got anything that in your toolbox where you're just uh, just created off the limb? For power, at least, I like to connect to the grounding strip, grounding wire on the pole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So What about, the, you got to look at streetlights, all right? Yeah. Have you ever encountered the streetlights that have the conduit, but the wires come exposed, maybe 20 or not 20, but basically, let's say, at least eight feet off the ground? Yeah. where sometimes you can direct connect. Well, I've kind of that problem where my supervisor sent me over. Like, hey, man, we're having issues looking at the streetlight since you seem to know how to look at the streetlight. You know, hey, go over there and look at it. And I was just like, well, no wonder you can't locate it. The wires are about eight feet off the ground. But uh-huh. I was just like, God, but if I get something up there, I utilize a handhold hook. How does that work? I took the hook, shaved off some of the paint off of it, so the metallic material was on the hook. Stuck it or, or through, like, the wire itself. So you direct connect, like, metal wire. Wrapped it to where it created a kind of a, a tight, well, I would say not, but it was tightly up against the area where I took the metal shavings off. And then I shaved off. The more paid off the area right above the rubber handles to where the metallic material was exposed, hooked okay. up my direct lead to it. Sure as hell, freaking right there. I was just like, even surprised myself. Then I sent a picture of it to my supervisor. He put it on our company website. And it was like, look what Jake did, using, utilizing. Every single resource that he had. So you were just you know, uh, using the manhole hook to, like, touch yeah, the wire? For, well, it, yeah, it wasn't the wire, the hot wires. It was the areas where the wires went into the plastic pieces, but they still had the copper wire where people usually, I usually direct connect to where, let's say, I have a street light where I, I take the plate off. Yeah. I always hook up to the ground wire. Yep. Well, it's the same thing up there. The wires were exposed to where I just basically put the hook on the copper, like twisted it to where it basically was butted up in a up against the area where I shaved on the hook to where it wouldn't move. And then, like I said, shaved off just above the handle, direct connected my lead to it. I had to stack a I had to stack a couple paint boxes because, like I said, yeah. it was about eight feet up in the air to put my box on there, yeah. and lo and behold, created a new way to, you know, yeah. hook up streetlights because down here, about seventy five percent of your streetlights are exactly that way. Yeah. The wires are halfway up the hook, you know, area, or they're on a metal or concrete pole where they got the plates on it. Yeah. 
Do you have any tricks for phone lines, copper or fiber? Oh yeah, Co- oh yeah, copper, coax, fiber. Like I said, our uh, the company I work for, we got a com contract, and I relocated, moved for the company to locate, you know, that sixty-five mile radius and an entire military base on myself, and it was all communication lines, copper, fiber, six pair, or you know. I learned how, well, I already knew it, but let's say you open up a terminal at the house. It doesn't have a ground. So you take a spare pair, strip it back, twist the copper together. And then sometimes your lead or your copper line was so fine and so thin, your lead wouldn't stay on. So I, I bought a roach clip to where basically I'd wrap it around that. And then I'd hook my lead up to it Yeah, because we had fiber on the military base that the ground wire that ran with it was so thin, your lead wouldn't stay on that. So I bought a roach clip, and basically I strip it back and wrap it around there and then hook my lead up to it. Yeah. So And then, you know, let's say you get a fat 6, 9, 1,200 pair. You think a lead's going to get around that? No. So basically, if you don't, you, you skid it back, get a, get a kind of a gap, in, in the, the sheathing, I take a flathead screwdriver, a detachable one, where you got the flathead and the Phillips. I pull out my detachable. I slide it in there. Yeah. Hook up my direct lead to that. That's right. You know, just little stuff like that. My dad always said carry around duct tape, electrical tape, pliers, vice grips, and a, a screwdriver with a detachable Phillips and flathead detachment and yeah. i can't count how many times i've utilized all of those tools with the exception of obvious electrical duct tape to direct connect to you know an obvious electrical tape to wrap up everything and then obviously and then obviously the tools that are provided by the company you know your ped wrench your handhold hook just you know your wrench or your sockets because you know the handhold bolts I don't know about y'all. Do you, is your handhold bolts? Do they got those springs on them, or is it straight friggin' bolts on them? Because up here they started to incorporate the springs on them. Yeah. Because the locators would just take them out and either throw them in the hand, the hole, or just not put them back. You know. But so the springs prohibit the locator from taking them out. You know. All right. No, we've got both kinds here. Some of some of springs. That's true. What's the most probably scariest thing you've ever encountered opening up either a ped or a handhold. We don't have any big scary or small scary creatures up here. So there's not a whole lot. There's just sometimes, you know, it's all full of snakes, even though they're not poisonous, but just completely full. We had a litter full of cats in a handhold once. That's probably the funniest. Oh, we're, we're, wow. I yeah. do not know how the heck they got in there yeah by i i mean have no idea but i opened it up and it's a pretty big size handle it's got you know a 24 pair 12 pair 144 244 you know i had a, a lot of fiber lines but also a lot of extra slack in there yeah so it was one of those times where i opened it up didn't see much but when i started to pull all the extra slack out Lo and behold, there's a mother nursing about six or seven kittens down there. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, I've encountered, you know, snakes, lizards. I've opened up, I've opened up peds that the snakes are coiled up there. 
Yeah. You know, but being here in Kansas, you know, you got to be prepared for stuff like that. But yeah. I've also encountered a coyotes on emergency calls out in the country yeah. that have stumbled up on me. And then one time I was doing a locate out in the country and I had my miner's light on, but I didn't have it on my head. I wrapped it around my bottom of my locator so the light was shining on the ground. And, you know, I've been working 12 hours, and but I keep hearing this wrestling like something was following me along the ditch line, yeah. going back and forth running. And I go back the next morning to finish the locate. It's a herd of buffalo. Wow. I would have never thought that. No. You know. Nope. But just, you know, just little stuff like that, that, you know, make the job a little bit more fun. Scenery, I don't know, massive houses that you probably come across. I actually came across Patrick Mahomes' house when I was at Lee Summit, Missouri, one of oh, his yeah. houses. He just built it, 100 acres, got his own football field. So I came across his house. Just stuff like that, that it's kind of, Make the job a little bit, you know, those rare occurrences where you're like, holy crap, I'd have never saw that if I worked in a warehouse. No. You know? That's right. Just one of the perks. You get to see something different yeah. every day. And I got to say this only because you're in Canada. I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times. Trailer Park Boys, you a big fan? I've watched a few shows. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I, all the reason, as soon as I heard you're from Canada, I, I knew I had to incorporate that question. Because I've watched that every single season, yeah. multiple times, just yeah. like Prison Break or any other TV series. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a car wreck. Once you just can't turn your head, it's just well, so damn funny. The and sad you part know, is, it's pretty accurate about trailer parks. Is that right? Well, just like the really I, bad trailer parks. Yeah, it's. No. I, I just did one the other day. It was very, very trailer park boys ish. Yeah, we call them white trash castles here. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you heard, you know, Mr. Leahy, he actually died, I heard. Oh. The character on there. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he died. That's too bad. But I guess off topic, but. No, it's fine. But yeah, we should wrap this up here. I think I got quite a bit to work with. God dang, man. I I know you got to edit these, so there's no lag time in between questions. So, but. God dang, man, it was great talking to you. And like I said, if you, if we can get paid hourly to talk about this specific topic, I know I can make a living off doing it. Right. Just because I love yeah. doing it. I love doing it. I know the importance of doing it. But it's just one of those things where some people are born to do, you know, digging ditches, you know, being an accountant, being a lawyer. But I just always find myself coming back to doing this. Yep. And it's it's hard to get away from because I just think it's the solidarity of working by myself all day, every day, and just the overall responsibility of doing something dangerous. But also, you know, you're that's where the new hires. You're you're basically holding yourself accountable every single day. Your alarm goes off. You can easily hit snooze. It just creates such a reliable, self-reliant, and I wouldn't say self-reliant, but if you're, you're not a person that basically likes structure or likes stuff like that, you, it, you immediately learn how to become that person. And yeah. you just, it 
kind of carries over. Yeah. So, and that's why I'm, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing because it's definitely a topic of conversation doing this job that definitely gets the people that do this on a daily basis. It gives them a platform. And so I really applaud you for doing this. More importantly, I really appreciate you taking the time and picking me to be a part of it. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on the show. And we'll try to have you on again sometime soon. Oh, yeah. yeah just don't delete it like you did the last person you wanted to bring back. I know. Yeah, no, I, I immediately make a backup as soon as the interview's done. Yeah, I don't want that to happen yeah. again. Yeah. Well, hopefully I gave you enough to kind of go off of. But like I said, I'd be more than happy to come back on to, yeah. if you want me to. So Appreciate that. Definitely keep me in your Rolodex, my friend. Yep, for sure. Okay. All right, Dave. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. God, Godspeed, and I hope everything works out for you, your family, and everything goes your way in the future, bud. Okay. You too. Yes, Take sir. Bye. Bye. This concludes today's episode of Forgot My Transmitter. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please visit ForgotMyTransmitter.com for more instructions on how to be a guest. And remember, don't forget your transmitter. Transmitter.